Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast. You're home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? We are on to episode 85 of Screwball this week, and we are coming to some of the last episodes of the entire year as we are heading into the World Series this week. Uh, just a uh, day after the re- recording this, the first game will be played, and then by the time this goes live, uh, the second game will be that night. So the season is quickly coming to a close here as we have, at most, seven games left at worst four games. So we obviously saw some good play during the championship series. We're going to go over in this episode here and uh, we're going to look forward to the off season a little bit, see what that has in store. Some teams have already been uh, making moves in you know, their managerial staff and uh, coaching staff. So that's some stuff to go over as well. Uh, but to start the episode, kind of how we did last week, since there's no real topic, we're more than in the thick of the playoffs. We're at the end here. We are just going to cover some news that is pertinent to around baseball. And then we're going to get into what we kind of thought of the, of the championship series and where we think the world series is going to go. So I'll let Frank, uh, as I did last week, take over with his news segment and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, a couple, you know, noteworthy things to, um, to mention here, uh, the Cardinals find their new manager, Oliver Marmel, 35 years old, bench coach for the Cardinals. So over the last couple of years, he's been in the organization for the last like five or six years. He was a first base coach. He's bench coach under Mike Schilt. Uh, they announced him as the manager today. He's the youngest manager in MLB, the major leagues right now. And I believe he was uh, the first uh, manager of color for the Cardinals in 60, 70 years or something like that. Um, but, yeah, Oliver Marmel, the new manager of the Cardinals. So we'll see what he could do. And the real big piece of news to mention here is the CBA is up on December 2nd. And as of right now, all signs point to no deal by the second. That's not, you know, the worst thing in the world, of course. But if it goes a couple weeks past the second, it will delay free agency for sure. And it will delay a possibility of of spring training. Um, All likelihood is it's going past the second of December as of right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a chance that free agency and spring training are delayed. So that's that's the news. That's the rumblings right now throughout baseball is that there will be a delayed CBA, you know, contract yeah. and a possible lockout going mm-hmm. into next season. If it goes all the way to the regular season, I don't think so. I think it it pushes till mid December is the winter meetings. I think they'll probably have something done by mid December. I would say uh, Christmas, give or take. Christmas, New Year's is the worst. You know. I think that's what you're talking about. If you don't have one done by Christmas, New Year's, first couple of days of January, something like that, you're talking probably a lockout mm-hmm. February, March. Right. So yeah. I think your biggest dates are end of December, maybe early a couple of days of January, or you're looking at a lockout. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because if you're going to go, if you don't get one done before then, then you're pretty much already looking at delayed the season. And if you're delayed a season, you might as well just, if you're a player, you might as well just go all in for it. So um, you got a couple of dates coming up, but December 2nd, um, is the is the big deadline. Um, everything after that is there's no leak. So 
Uh, we'll see, though. They could work quick and get through that. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see it hit the deadline, but uh, I'm thinking more towards the end of December. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of rumblings that the, the two sides are far away on stuff. So God only knows where that can go. And hopefully there's a quick uh, quick enough you know, resolution to this as opposed to, God forbid, a delayed season or delayed spring training or you know, free agency gets messed up because free agency already has been kind of messed up in the last few years. So hopefully that gets uh, resolved fairly quickly on their end. And then, um, you know, we can just continue worrying about baseball as opposed to worrying about the what ifs of baseball. Hopefully they integrate, hopefully good, you know, good stuff comes out of it. Hopefully they integrate uh, some positive change into the game because this is the chance to now. This is where you can actually, you know, I know for me personally, I, I would like to see the DH and the NL, which might all but be a lock at this point, uh, things like that. Uh, the pace of play stuff, um, take it by a case by case basis. As long as they don't go crazy, like they kind of want to, uh, you know, the players might, you might hear some pushback on that. There's been the robo umps stuff, you know, that they've been trying to implement. So, you know, you never know how far they go, but the players are going to definitely push back on stuff. And that's probably where the two sides are pretty far off on. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. I, I, I hope that there will be something done by the end of the year and then we don't have to worry about it anymore because that's always it's always just something hanging over our heads as baseball fans so that's so that is that um did you have any more uh news segments there it wasn't really much this no, week that was, right that was pretty much it um everything else kind of relates to our playoff series and our uh, anticipated world series right so let's just yeah let's get into that um since there's not much news really to talk about quite yet you know in the coming weeks there's gonna be plenty of free agent stuff and changes to staff and Obviously, a World Series winner, so it'll be enough to talk about. But so we had the two championship series in the past week. Uh, we had the Astros uh, and the Braves, obviously winning their respective series. You had the Braves beating the Dodgers, Astros beating the Red Sox. Uh, in two, both games or both series ended in Game Six. Uh, you had Jordan Alvarez on the AL side for the Astros, uh, winning the MVP. You had Eddie Rosario. On the NL side, winning the MVP, both of them putting up absolutely monster statistics in the 500s, you know, in their averages. Both teams, you know, definitely deserve to be here in their play in, you know, in the playoffs. You have an Astros team beating a red-hot Red Sox team, and you have a Braves team really all season kind of that kind of just floating around, being average. You know, they only finished with about, like, I think, 93 wins or so. Very under projection for them. You had Acuna go out, and, you know, you had uh, Soroka didn't work out, and you have all these problems. The bullpen Marcelo was a mess. Zuna. Marcelo Zuna was a, was a problem. You have the, the bullpen was a mess, like I said. And then you still overcome the 106-win Dodgers, who were the favorites, really, even when the season was first starting. And then you add Trey Turner and Max, Max Scherzer. So to beat a team like that uh, doesn't just take luck. So... You have a, an impressive Braves team coming in, and you have an obviously seasoned, impressive Astros team coming in, and you know helmed by one of the great managers at this point, probably Dusty Baker. So, um, free agent to be. Yeah. So, I mean, well, the Astros have a lot of choices after this year with him and him and Correa specifically, but um, but the, I think the championship series were good. Uh, you know, I'm interested to hear what, what you kind of thought about them. The, uh, we kind of talked last week. We thought the Braves series was almost locked up after they went up 2-0, yeah. where the Red Sox-Astros series really could have gone either way, but um, sure. they obviously went in the way of the Astros. Yeah, I mean, I thought the, the AL and NLCS both were, were, were exciting. The Braves they have the best record in MLB since July 30th. So since the deadline deals they made, the swap, the swap, of Pablo Sandoval for Eddie Rosario. Incredible. 
<laughs> incredible at the time. We should have clipped what we said about that and put on this today's episode. That's what we should have done. Yeah. I think me and you were both were just mystified about how that was the deal. Yeah. For the Indians and Pablo Sandoval have a big play in uh, what's going on right now. But the ALCS was uh, hard fought. Similar kind of style of the NLCS. Scrappy team for the year going against kind of a powerhouse. The Astros um, have some of the best talent in all baseball. They play the game kind of right. Play good defense, steal some bases, hit behind runners, work the counts, you know, stuff like that. Um, while the Red Sox do similar, but they just don't have the talent to stick up to teams like that. While the Braves come into the year, you go, oh, they're a powerhouse. But throughout the year, they weren't. Mm-hmm. Some guys, and they weren't a powerhouse. They were a scrappy team. Again, um, going against a Dodgers team who's got the most talent in the league with their moves they made and the, the money they're willing to spend. Right. It makes them, you know, the powerhouse of the whole major league, not just the NL, the whole major league. You know, <clears throat> you're Don Alvarez, been over 500, uh, first player in MLB history to out, out offense the whole opposing team in the last two games of a series. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had more hits, more runs, more RBIs than the whole Red Sox team put together in just the last two games. You're done, Alvarez. Carl Stogato Jr., we like to call him. Mm-hmm. Sweet swing. He looks like he's been around forever. He's like 23 years old. He could, he, he could run. We've seen him have a triple. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes against the shift, the, the double hit against Sale, right down the left field line at Fenway. I mean, it was incredible. Yep. His ability to play left field. He's learned how to play a little bit of left field. The Crawford box seats really definitely help him. Shortens the outfield. Mm-hmm. Kind of just gives him a little one area to kind of deal with, especially with the other defense in the outfield. Yeah. So he's really become the superstar we all kind of expected. But the ALCS, it was the Yordan Alvarez series. Without Yordan Alvarez, the Red Sox probably win that series because he was just he was a, a man amongst boys. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, Eddie Rosario, one of the hottest hitters you're ever going to see. Insane. You know, history, he would make it history as well. We'll get into that later. You know, you know, became one of five players to uh, have 14, 14 hits in a single season. Mm. A single postseason series, I should say. Um, so we'll get into that later. Um, but, I mean, uh, immensely high. Stealing bases, mm. smashing home runs, playing great defense. Yeah. He played a ball in the gap that one play where he, he snow-coned it. Never really laid out, but he snow-coned it. I mean, that was that's that's like 95% hit. That was a big eight. That was a big play. Oh, yeah. yep. I think it was game two or three. He snagged it. Yeah. Um, he was incredible. He won NLCS. Uh, his son was there. They had some good pictures of his son just being like uh, in complete awe. So that was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was it was amazing to really see uh, someone like that come in and just make the impact on the team. And it was cool to see an underdog kind of team like the Braves franchise really. Mm-hmm. to come in there and beat a powerhouse like the Dodgers and, and, and give us uh, a World Series that I think many probably predicted before yeah. the season. Probably, yeah. But June, Actually. July, you probably looked and said, it's never going to happen. Right, yeah, absolutely. With the A's and, and the NL AL West, uh, even the Angels fighting around, the Mariners fighting around, the Astros were kind of, you know, just kind of floating, not too up or, you know, down. Mm-hmm. Braves being beat up in the NL East. And losing, losing guys, you're thinking, oh, they're probably not gonna. It's not gonna happen, and it ended up happening. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the way people expected it, so that was a little different. Mm-hmm. So That's very true. It's pretty cool to see, but it was just way a lot different than anyone else would have seen it. Yeah, it was a unique route they took to get here. You yeah, know, it wasn't the quite the year they thought they'd have. Yeah, you know. So, but some things I want to mention going forward with the playoffs here, um, we have with Eddie Rosario, 
in that series. Again, I think we want to bring this up. I want to bring it up. The, the, how much Dave Roberts actually hurt the Dodgers. G- uh, game two, Scherzer pitched. I believe so, yeah. Couldn't pitch game six. His arm was, still didn't feel right. Hmm. So by you forcing him to pitch game two, you lost him for the series. Because he would have said, well, maybe pitch game seven. He wouldn't have been right still. Hmm. Again, if he's not able to pitch that whole game, we'll give you that chance to pitch eight, nine innings. Don't pitch him. And he lost him for the series. So that was one big move. We already mentioned that last week. But his decision-making on when to use his pitchers and using all his pitches and using Urias. Urias, you pitch him at the bullpen. He starts that one game, gives up three home runs. Two in the first inning. Yep. Not a great idea. But using 14, 15 pitchers, it felt like, all the time, pulling them out in the middle of bats or middle of the innings and stuff, it just didn't make sense. I, I just didn't like the way he managed. And his inability to understand how historic Eddie Rosario's run was and mm. to pitch, with, pitch to him mm. was just really idiotic. And we've seen that, you know, in the clinching game. You're a guy in second, and you pitch to Rosario there. Well, you know, Freddie Freeman is hot too. Yeah, but he's historically hot. I'll take my chances. And Freddie Freeman, hey, he hits a hard ground ball, we're out of it. Rosario, you know, he had a fly ball base. I mean, anything can happen. I just didn't like that. And then later in the game, the guy in second again, and he, and he lines all the way out to the warning track. Hmm. Would have put the game away. Yeah. And you didn't walk him again. I don't care who's batting after him. He's historically hot. You 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 shouldn't pitch to him. Yeah. So I think Dave Roberts really let the Dodgers down. Has been. He really has been. Mm-hmm. The talent on the Dodgers have covered up David Roberts' inabilities to manage for many years. That Dodgers team should have more than that Mickey Mouse, people like to say, World Series ring. Yeah. I mean. I agree. I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's pretty blatant. Highest payroll. Some of the best prospects. Willing to pay everybody. Willing to trade anybody. And bring in the most talent. I mean, these are all-star rosters. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This team could be an all-star roster. This could be your NL all-star roster, and you'd be like, "Yeah, that's a good team." Yeah, like that's a good, that's a good all-star team. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're, you're you can't you can't win, you can't manage a seven-game series, a possible seven-game series, because you're an inability to manage. Yeah, he he simultaneously overmanages and undermanages. You see him overmanagement in the bullpen. He just is pulling guys out when they shouldn't be pulled out and overpitching guys when they shouldn't be, and just overmanaging the bullpen instead of kind of just letting it ride. Uh, some of the, some of these guys, and then like you know, undermanaging where you should have walked Eddie Rosario, who was the hottest hitter on the planet, even with Jordan Alvarez walking the same earth. Yeah, you know, just walk him. Yeah, he, if, if Freddie Freeman beats you, he beats you. Yeah, but he beats you in the situation you want to be beaten. Right. You you know you want to be beat by you know I got the I got a the force out anywhere. You're not gonna double play whatever. I got a guy who's hot right now, and he's he you know beat me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let Rory Rosario, who beat me, he's batting 500, with no force play. I'm not going to let him beat me. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand there. Like, I get Freddie Freeman's good, but, I mean, Eddie Rosario is, I mean, he's the best player on on the earth right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the highest player you're going to see. There's no one better. He's putting up softball stats. Yeah, so, you know, literally. Slow, slow pitch softball stats. The guy's mashable. It doesn't make sense. I think he's just, I think he, Roberts, um, if it wasn't for... It was a couple of years ago, two years ago. I think he had that. He lost in the World Series to the Astros, and they were kind of thinking about things. And then he came back and won the World Series last year. Like I said, people like to call Mickey Mouse World Series. I mean, I don't, I really agree too much with that. But he'd he'd be gone. Mm-hmm. He's been close to, to being fired from that team. I think if you had a good manager there, I mean, that team's unstoppable. Oh yeah. If you had Dusty yeah. Baker there. That team's that oh, team's unstoppable. It. Yeah, forget it. You know, um, but Dave Roberts has held that team back and that franchise back, and, and I. 
you know, I, I just don't see, I, I can't see him as a good manager. I really don't. Mm-hmm. People love Alex Cora. Compare him to Alex Cora. Do you, where do you compare them? Yeah, because, I mean, you have Alex Cora who took a team last year without him that was absolute, absolutely not good, even though in a shortened season. And here he comes back in a team that, you know, if you don't have sale and you really didn't make too many additions other than Schwarber at the deadline and stuff. <clears throat> and you have a team that ended up making the wild card with, with 92 wins for really actually a team that I even saw as a third, fourth place team that might oh, yeah. be selling. So there's, you know, yeah, there's, th- a, lot there's a big man- difference there. A lot of the managers you could throw on that team, that Dodgers team. Imagine they had La Russa, mm-hmm. Dusty, you know, managers like that. What would they do? You have a guy who's just scooting by by the fact that you're paying the players and he's just getting lucky with it. So it's something the Dodgers need to really look at um, because that team's that window's all but closed, really. Turner's going to hang around for another year. Seager's gone. Scherzer's gone. Or contracts are up, I should say. But most likely they're gone. Mm. So Seager's contract's up. Scherzer's contract's up. Justin Turner is pushing 40 years old. I think Kenley Jansen's coming up too, isn't he? Yeah, and he's getting older. He's like 35. You're looking at Bellinger, who was one of the worst hitters in all Major League Baseball. The playoffs, he did all right. Chris Taylor's contract's up. Uh, I mean, you're just you're looking at Kershaw. I think his contract's up, one. And two, he's also pushing... He's like 34, I think. You know, yeah, pushing mid to late 30s as a starting pitcher who has a lot of innings. Otherwise, your bullpen, I think Joe Kelly, I think his contract is, is coming up, right? Um, he's starting to get up on these contracts. Gavin Lux hasn't been the player you kind of expect him to be. Uh, Will Smith's going to be needed to get paid soon. You have Trevor Bauer still an issue. Trevor Bauer, you have to pay a bunch of money or you have to get rid of him. Pujols, most likely, isn't coming back. So you have a lot of, you know, a lot of question, question marks. And then you have Roberts as your manager, I think is another big question mark. Mm-hmm. So Dodgers are in flux right now. With a division that's coming. Giants, I don't know if they're sustainable. For yeah, next I don't know year. what they're I, doing. I don't know. I don't, I, but, you know, can't count them out after this year, I guess. Padres, I mean, some of the most talent behind the Dodgers and Astros. Mm-hmm. And then you have some young teams, you know, never know Diamondbacks, never know the Rockies. So you never know what they're going to do. But you have at least one good team that's ready to go to the World Series, the Padres. And you have another team, the Giants, if they could just – figure out what they did this year. I mean, they're another team. Mm. So the Dodgers are in a tough spot right now, and I think they need to uh, kind of rethink their, their manager position, I think. Yeah, and they might. They just might because this is a team that, yeah, they went to the championship series. That's great and all, but the, the, mis- you know, the mission's not a success for a team like this unless you win the World Series. You could have took all the coaches off that team if that team was going to that championship series. Yeah. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Does that coach help you get there? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. When you look at a coach like – Cora or Snitaker or Dusty through the, through what the Astros dealt with last year and stuff. Yeah. They got he they got you there. They helped you get there. Roberts did nothing to help you get get there. Right. Not many times, if ever, have I ever said what well, I was a good decision. Like I, I think that was actually a smart move. I wasn't thinking about something like that when mm-hmm. I watched a, a Dodgers game. I'm like, what is this guy doing? All the time. If it works, you go, ah, you don't think about it. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's a good decision. You know, some other notes here. Uh McCullers is out. We'll be pitching. Yeah, that's big. That's big for them. Um, we have two long decorated coaches, I should say, because Seneca's been with the Braves for a long time, hmm. long time. Um, been around a long time. He's going for a World Series with the Braves. Uh, I believe his son is a hitting coach for the Astros or a coach for the Astros. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. Then you have one of the most successful managers in all baseball without a World Series is Dusty Baker. Most wins, highest win percentage, most seasons, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you have some decorated coaches, well likable coaches, and then you got a one franchise that everyone's rooting for, I think. Yeah. The franchise that no one's rooting for, I think. Mm-hmm. So we got we got some storylines here. It should be exciting. 
starts tomorrow. You know, I, I think uh, is the Braves' hot run going to run out? Mm-hmm. You know, the Daniel Murphy with the Mets, you know, obviously you get cold at some point. Yeah, something, yeah. yeah. Does that run out with the Braves? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Braves, I think the Braves take this series. I really do. I mm-hmm. think just because they are hitting, they're getting the same kind of hits the Astros are. When they need that big hit, they're getting that big hit. Right, right. Austin Raleigh's been nuts the whole postseason. Eddie Rosario is hot. Freddie Freeman's getting hot. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozzy Albies gives you good hits when you need yeah, him. Yeah, Albies been doing good. Duvall's been hanging around. Uh, Solaire just got back. You know, mm-hmm. he's a guy who swings one bat, you know, one swing. He's he wins the whole thing. Yep. Uh, Darno's been great behind the plate. Their pitching's been unstoppable. The bullpen's been great. That's their weakness, and they've been great. Right, right. Um, well, then you have the Astros, who their hitting has just been unstoppable. Their pitching has been a ruckus. They don't know what you're getting pitching wise. Yeah. Defensively mm-hmm. and offensively, you've been just consistently great but pitching wise it could blow up oh yeah absolutely and then mm-hmm. you, you give up two runs to the Braves right now with some of their pitches Max Fried and Charlie Morton got like that that might be all she wrote yeah I I, and not because I don't you know I don't think most people like the Astros at this point or at least this Astros team and don't get me wrong I, I like Dusty Baker and I actually like Altuve and there's some guys on the team I do like or, Alvarez. yeah I, mean, I Hey, I like that guy. Yeah, I don't just hate the whole team at 100%. You know, there's some, some pieces I like there. But overall, I, I I mean, I think this is going to be a good series. I say that about the lot of series, but this will be uh, for sure a good one. But I do think the Braves can edge it out because I think that while the Braves have the pitching advantage and the Astros have the hitting advantage, I think when you get to this level of play in the playoffs, you need that pitching. I think you need you know, three, four guys you can really rely on. And like you said, their bullpen's been impressive uh, for, uh, you know, a part of the team that was kind of a liability all year. And now you have a, a piece of your team that, I mean, look at what was it, Tyler Matzik that had those clutch, clutch wow. strikeouts. All three yeah. Um, striking out Mookie Betts and Pujols. And, Will Smith's been great. Yeah. So um, there's a lot to like there. And their starting pitching has been unbelievable. So I think when you get to this level of play, when you get to this deep into the playoffs and, and you're in the World Series, I think pitching – uh, wins you ball games, and I think that their hitting is going to be able to do enough because I don't think the Astros' pitching is good enough to keep them down. As long as those hitters can stay hot, because you saw what happened in the Astros series. All of a sudden, the Red Sox bats went quiet. Now you could attribute that to the Astros guys picking it up and and putting some good innings in there. You have an offensive heavy team like the Red Sox just shutting down. That's what happened. So if you have an Astros team who say Jordan Alvarez cools off a little bit, Bregman's kind of been cool, you know, stuff like that. If they start to cool down a little bit, what happens? Then maybe the Braves, you know, they take that and run with it. So, uh, but you could say the same with the Braves. Maybe their pitching all of a sudden blows up now, and then the the Astros' offense runs away with it. So either either way can happen. But I do like that the Braves have the pitching advantage, and I think that that can that, I think that can carry them right to the title. I think that's uh, that's where I'm kind of feeling. But if the Astros won, if the if the Astros won in five or six games, it wouldn't surprise me because they they play like that. Like you said, they get timely hits. You know, they get the pitching when they need it, and they got a good manager um, behind them. So, And they got a chip on their shoulder, even though they're the team that cheated. You know, they do have a chip there, yeah. and they're kind of like, well, let's go. I know yeah. you hate us. Well, let's go. And I think one thing you got to look at, the Braves can play the DH game. Mm-hmm. Boy Solaire back and Jock Peterson. Can the Astros play the pitcher's got a hit game? Does Alvarez have to go play the outfield in Atlanta where you don't have the Crawford boxes? Or do you have Alvarez not play your best hitter? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. So there's a problem. That yeah. they're to. Well, the Braves are going to, they're fine. Oh, and, and just quick, 
I forgot about Kyle Tucker. He got out there too for the Astros, a good hitter. Yeah, every, every, I always forget about him. Everyone does. <laughs> he's been great for him too. He's been just steady. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you got to figure out, like you said, you got to figure out something. When you got him out there, and and you, do you throw Jordan out there, and you know what do you do with Michael Brantley? You know, there's decisions to be the made other here. One is not defensively. He's not you know over the top. Right. So I mean, you got you got some decisions to make when and you can when, say oh you put someone at first, but then you got you like Gary out first. Oh, you were Gary. Oh, you used to play third base. Um, this is not counting their defense at these positions. He used to play third base. Okay, now you got Bregman there. Well, Bregman can play shortstop. Oh, you got Correa there. I mean, there's not much spots. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Unless you get playing on a pit. Alvarez is going to go behind the plate for Martin Malinato. I don't think you really got much of an answer here. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that weakens the defense. And again, and some of these games that might not be much high scoring, you want to take a chance with a Michael Brantley or Don Alvarez outfield. Yeah, who might not be able to run down a ball like, uh, you know, like a Kyle Tucker can or someone like that, you know. So that's something to take note for. One other thing I noticed a lot, a lot this postseason, especially that uh, Braves clinching game against the Dodgers. I don't know how so many pitches can go down the middle without hitters hitting them. And not just so they're not swinging. They don't hit them when they're swinging. They're yeah. not even hitting them, not even fouling them. So I found some of them, but there's a lot of pitches down the middle. A lot. Matzik threw a lot of pitches down the middle. I think the pitch that got Mookie Betts to strike Three out was right, right, down, the right down the middle. Fastballs. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It's surprising. Yeah, you'd think one of them. So it's just surprising how many pitches right down the middle in great spots. Even that, that bat with Eddie Rosario, he fouled off a couple. He missed the first two fastballs right down the middle. Mm-hmm. And then he fouled a couple pitches off that were good hits, good pitches to hit. Yeah. But a lot of pitches right down the middle, which shows to you hitters struggle. You know, maybe it's the launch angle and crap like that. But also shows you don't walk people. Yeah. Make him beat you. Because don't walk them, because then you get one guy has one good hit. You walk somebody, one guy has one good hit, he maybe scores. Or you get to hit. Uh, it's first and second. Then you get a blue pit, lucky hit or something, an error. And all of a sudden you give up a run because you walk the guy. Well, you saw, we, we were watching OB Network before. They were showing how the Astros create problems on the base path. It all started, Jose Altuve got a walk. Yeah. Yep. And he comes, he goes to second. Pass ball gets him to third. A ground ball to the shortstop, he scores. It's like And the Braves have done that too. Yeah. The Braves have done that too. They, they, I mean, the National League, there was, well, I think once... Caught, caught stealing the whole playoffs. Oh, wow. Which shows you maybe stealing stealing bases and the stolen base should maybe come back in baseball because no one's prepared to throw you out yeah. in any team. No I, one's prepared. Maybe the Cardinals. But yeah. no team's ready to throw you out. I think we've both been barking up that tree for Because a no one's while. even used to it. They're like, stealing, stealing bases, what is that? Yeah. It's like teams bunting against the shift and stuff. It's like, well, these teams aren't ready for this. Yeah. They're doing stuff that they've never prepared for. It's true. So um, that's something to take note of. If you're a baseball fan, how many pitches down the middle are we seeing uh, that are just being missed? And it happens. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like it's been a lot more that I noticed this postseason than I've ever noticed before. Yeah. There's that bats where Mookie Betts, there was three right down the middle fastball, and he didn't hit him. Yeah. Wasn't, was even, wasn't even close. Straight up challenging him. Challenging just, one of the best hitters in baseball, yeah, really. It wasn't like Matzik's throwing 103, uh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and he's, you know, he's still mid to high 90s, but that's just the average anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot. Eddie, Eddie Rosario missed a couple, and he's red hot. Yeah. And then crushed a home run. But, I mean, there's been a lot of pitches where it's like, how do you miss that? How do you, how could you yeah. be right there, you know fastball's coming, and you just don't, you don't even foul it off. Not like you're right on it, and you foul it, and you're like, damn. I mean, just blatantly miss it. Yeah, you're just swinging right through it. It's yeah. like, oh, man. So, it's something to take note of, uh, because um, <laughs> how many missed pitches, missed opportunities, and missed great pitches are, you, are the team going to have? You can't miss those. Too many. I agree. Maybe you're going to lose the whole, the whole season's just... 
right out the window. Yeah, and uh, it was a problem in the season, too. I remember just uh, watching Yankee games and being on yeah. Yankee Twitter. And Well, granted, they had a they had a bad problem with hitting this year. But yeah, there, were, there were even people saying that online. Like, why are these guys missing pitches right down the middle? So um, All the time. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that's like an isolated incident where it happened like, oh, for a month. Guy, yeah, it's. I mean, it, a lot of pitchers in, in the postseason and a lot of teams, and they're just missing. Yeah, it even make guys any that are red hot, Eddie Rosario. I mean, that's that's usually when you're red hot, you, one pitch and that's it. Yeah, you get, get a base hit, and that's you just moving on. Right. Yeah, the ball's just always looking like a beach ball. It doesn't matter yeah. where it is. Yeah. So that's something to take look. You know, take note of. Other than that, though, I expect to be a really good World Series, and um, exciting. It's 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 good baseball. We're gonna see in the World Series. Yeah, not just strict straight power versus power or nothing like that. You're gonna get some base running, some defense, some pitching, some no namers. You know, you want to consider them no namers. Um, some big name superstars. Like, you're gonna see a little bit of everything. You're not just gonna see your. You know, hopefully we hit a couple home runs or a three run home run. And that's it. You're gonna see some real baseball. Yeah, it's always exciting. You're gonna see some scrappy play because these teams. Well, granted, the Astros are a very very good team, um, and the Braves are. It's not like they have no talent, but they seem to be scrappy. Like, they put together hits, and they string together walks and hits, and they play baseball. They yep. play fundamental baseball. And you're going to see good managing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, from both sides. There might yeah. be a decision here or there that makes you think it maybe could cost the World Series, but overall you're going to see some pretty good managing by some two really good managers. Yep. So. Yeah, every every last detail is going to have to be fine for both the teams. You know, mm-hmm. this is where it matters the most, so. Uh, it'll be a good World Series, and I, I, I think I think the Braves will take it. But again, um, it's I think it's a pretty close to call. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's one big favorite, you know. No, no. But uh, other than that, uh, last little part here is a trivia question. Uh, so Eddie Rosario, as we mentioned earlier, became the fifth player to have 14 hits in one postseason series. Who were the other four? And some couple good names here, and I would say two surprising names on this list. Uh, first off being 2004 NLCS Pujols, of course. He had 14 hits. The 2004 ALCS, Hideki Matsui, 14 hits. Two postseason greats. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then you get to 07, Kevin Euclid in the ALCS, had 14 hits. Uh, good player. Good postseason success. Uh, was a little surprising. Yeah. And then the next one is uber surprising. Other than if you remember the year, you kind of go, oh, that guy was yeah, killer yeah. for them. But mm. the 2012 NLCS, Marco Scudero, with 14 hits. He was unbelievable for the Giants, but it does surprise you because he wasn't the, the greatest of hitters. It's more of he was just like a, you know, he's pretty good defensively. He can play everywhere, and he's going to hit a little bit. But to be red hot for a series, 14 hits, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, he was well, more he, of a fill-in guy. You yeah, know? for that team too. He came in, they traded for him from the – A's, I believe. Was it the A's that, that year? It sounds right, but or I can't Rangers, say for sure. Um, something like that. He traded, he traded for him midseason or towards the end. I think it might have even been like right at the deadline or like in the waiver at the time. I mean, the waiver deadline. He came in and was like a superstar for him. Yeah, he definitely wasn't there all year. I just don't remember uh, exactly, you know, exactly the order of events. It is almost 10 years ago now, which is hard to believe. But yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, your four other players with 14 hits in a single postseason series. Are 2004 Pujols, 2004 Hideki Matsui, 2007 Kevin Euclid, and 2012 Marco Scuro. And Eddie Rosario joined them on Saturday night. Well, (laughs) to go back to Marco Scuro here, um, he actually came from the Rockies that year. Um, And in 61 games with the Giants that year, batted 362 down the stretch. So, yeah, it sounds like he was traded at the deadline. And defensively, he's always been pretty good. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. 
yeah, so he um, just went absolutely berserk um, and carried it over to the carried it over to the playoffs. And I think that, it, yeah, that's where he finished his career. So, you know, you never know. You really can't predict yeah. the, was, who, again, who the postseason heroes are going to yeah, be. And again, that was, he was an older player at that time, too. He was 36. Yeah, yeah so. wasn't just, you know, hitting his prime here. Um, so you got, you know, it's like I said to you before we started recording, I said, if you had Eddie Rosario winning NLCS MVP on your bingo card, you'd, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, so. he won a lot of money. Definitely. Other than that, you know, not much else here for the World Series and the postseason outlook here. Just like to throw out a couple of things. You know, we always do our other sports. We had the Raiders win this week, so that was good. Yep. The Giants won, surprisingly. So that was exciting. Beat the crap out of them. Yeah. yeah. Somehow. Yeah. The Chiefs lost again. Basketball's back. NBA's back. Hockey is rolling on. Mm-hmm. College football's going nuts. NASCAR's coming to the to the deadline here or to the end in their in their playoffs. Yep. Uh, but one thing I wanted to note was my big reason why I wanted to get into this section today was yesterday I I noticed something. It was in the Bucks Bears game, football, and at the end of the game it was a blowout. I wasn't even close. <laughs> uh, at the end of the game, there was a sign. A, kid, a young kid had a sign, and he said, "Tom Brady helped me beat brain cancer." Brady went over, gave him his hat, gave him a football. And the kid, and I believe it was the kid's father, and, and either his father, or maybe his mother, but I've seen the picture of the one kid with the, the, the it was the kid for sure, and the father. Uh, the kid broke down and cried. Uh, the father got pretty emotional there too. Um, but it was just a pretty cool moment for, obviously, the greatest football player of, of all time to do that. But it also showed you the impact that a player or a person you might never know or even see with your own eyeballs, just on TV, can have on somebody dealing with their own issues. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool to see that. Um, and then take a time out of his out of his day there to go over there um, and, and make, make a fan for life. Oh, yeah. Make a memory for that kid and that family that they'll, no, no one will take from. So it was pretty cool just to see what these athletes, and it's you see it in baseball. Oh, yeah. You see it, obviously, it was, just, it was Tom Brady, so it made it, it was a huge issue because it was Tom Brady. He's the greatest you know, of all time. Mm-hmm. But you see it with baseball, and you see it even with these small, smaller teams, and you don't see it on TV as much. You know, they, the impact of these players and these athletes, and these franchises and these sports icons and and, and teams have on somebody. And like I said, they might never know him. Right. Kobe Bryant, passing away, you never knew him. Yeah, but yet you, but you, you felt like him. you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know I thought to seeing that yesterday. I just you know wanted to bring that up again. It's the impact these players and these athletes can have on somebody, and the difference they can make in someone's life without them even knowing, is um, remarkable. And it also shows you that you you know someone's always watching. Yeah. So not make you know make an ass of yourself or something. You know. So I just I thought I seen that yesterday. I thought that was pretty cool. I just wanted to kind of bring that up. Yeah. There's there's a lot of guys out there that hopefully it's not lost on them that even just showing up. There's you even hear that from interviews of guys. It's it's like. Uh, you know, why would I not play? There's someone, there's some kid in the stands that couldn't wait to see me. Or is that, you know? Joey Votto this year, the young girl. Mm. He got thrown out in the first inning, and then he bought, her, bought them tickets to bring them back the next day because he yeah. got thrown out in the first inning. Yeah, right, right. Um, you know, it's just, it's that it's that idea, you know, of someone spending their hard ter- hard-earned money to come watch you play and the impact you have on them without you knowing them or yeah. even knowing they existed mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah, it's hard to fathom, especially for someone of, especially of Tom Brady's stature, who is known by almost everyone, even if you're not a football fan. 
and you can have a personal connection like that with someone is is in, incredible you know yeah. and he's probably had a lot and he's what 40 he's 41 42 yeah. or something like that so he's probably had a lot of encounters with fans like that i mean not to say that that encounter couldn't have uh, impacted him differently but i mean imagine his whole career how many stories he's heard and lives he's touched so it's it's you know the athletes have to remember uh not that you, you can be not that you can be a superhero but if, at least if you try to be uh, it makes a yeah. difference in people's lives. You hear that story too. I mean, you get older players still hanging around the league, and a young guy comes up and he's like, "You signed a ball for me mm. when I was eight years old at a baseball game. You signed the ball for me." And you don't remember that. I remember, it, obviously. He, you know, you've seen that story all the time. Yeah. Or you didn't sign a ball for me. Yeah. You've seen that story too, and that you know resonates with people. So I just thought that was something, something to, you know noteworthy because I seen it yesterday and it was you know it was kind of all over social media. But um, it was just a pretty cool story. Just again, just want to, you know, the importance that an athlete or someone that you don't know and will maybe never know or even see, even see with your own eyes in person Mm -hmm. can have on somebody. It's incredible. Yeah, you're right. And that crosses all sports lines, no matter what it is. So it doesn't even have to be a sport. Mm -hmm. Could be, could be acting, could be music, could be entertainment. Yeah. Political. It could be anything. <clears throat> the impact someone has on somebody. Um, so, you know, it's just noteworthy because uh, it was it was really awesome. And I mean, I, personally, as someone who likes Tom Brady, even though I know, you know, uh, but, um, it was pretty cool. And yeah. someone dealing with that. Something like that. that yeah. Yeah. As a young age and then have the yeah. greatest, maybe the greatest living legend. And he's still playing. Yeah. To come over and, and give his, you know, and, and spend the, the two minutes there to talk to him. It wasn't just like, here you go. Like, uh, sat there and talked to him, shook his hand, you know, gave him some stuff. It was just, it was, it was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe even some, with the World Series, some heroes will emerge and some have some moments like that with some fans. So oh, yeah, and we're already getting it. Eddie yeah. Rosario won't be buying uh, food or beer in Atlanta no more. No, no, you know, definitely not. No, Especially he, if they win it all. He don't oh have God. to pay for nothing. No. So you don't have to worry about that. You know, he's got his he get his his free meals for life out there in Atlanta. Anytime he's hungry, you just go show up and they'll, they'll buy it. Oh yeah, for sure. For so sure. um, it's 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 crazy what um, what goes on out there. Yeah, definitely for sure. But with that, that's a good note to go out on. So uh, that's all I have for this episode. We'll look forward to the World Series and we'll come back. Next week, it may have an end with the World Series, or we may be looking for the last two games here. So. For unbelievable excitement. Yeah. Because Game 6 and Game 7, especially Game 7, is not like it. Yeah. So but Game 6 uh, could be just as crazy as we've seen in 2011. It was even crazier. Yeah, definitely. So. so that's what we're looking at here. And like I said, that's kind of all I got. So unless you got anything else, we can kind of just wrap her up. No, that, that's pretty much it. But uh, I want to just put this out there. I believe we said it earlier, either last week or the week before. Game three is always the ruckus game in every postseason series, at least a seven-game series. Right. So I'll predict some some nonsense to happen in, in game three. On Friday? Some, some, yeah, oh, yeah. Friday <laughs> night, some call's going to be made. Someone's going to fall down. Alan Craig <laughs> tripping into the guy. Uh, ball bounce off the guy's head into the crowd. Uh, 30 innings. Brett Phillips, you know, all that ruckus. <laughs> I've seen that video today because I think it's the anniversary, and I was just, again, I was like this. Uh, my heart was just not ready for <laughs> what happened so I would imagine game three is usually that game I think mm. maybe game four but you're talking game three is usually ruckus so just be prepared uh, Friday night could be quite the ruckus yeah. especially Halloween being right there oh forget it always yeah. seems to be like the black cat kind of thing so mm. um, look for game three so just be flat out ruckus yeah. in the series yeah definitely um, and you may even see because uh, Sunday's game will be on you know unless there's a clean sweep but 
Sunday's game will be on Halloween, so that could be you could watch for that too. You never know. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be uh, just. That's always my thing. It's game three. It's one of the biggest. It's probably about just about the biggest game of the series too. Uh, right behind game one, obviously game three always is the kind of deciding game, but it's always just ruckus because I think everyone knows that. It's, yeah. It's the deciding game. You win game three. You, yeah. You got it. You, yeah. you almost got it. You're in say. the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So uh, with that. Have a happy Halloween, everyone, because we'll be coming back after Halloween's over. Um, enjoy it. Be safe. Uh, if you have kids or if uh, you know, you're still trick-or-treating or whatever, uh, enjoy it. And we'll be back next week with some maybe results of the World Series or we'll be out looking some craziness the end, like that. Yeah, the end results. So <laughs> so what do you think? That's all you got? Or? That's it. That's all I got. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Room Michael Pree. You can follow me on Instagram at Michael Pree. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.